0: Peace to the goddesses, peace to the gods. This is another episode of Convos with Living Legends. I am your host, God with Many Visions, and this is episode 26. And I'm very honored because we have a very special guest. But first and foremost, let me give a big shout out to episode 25, to my guest, you know, the Empress, Mayani, for coming in. Um, We had a great talk. Um, It was great vibes, positive vibes. But today, I got this brother. Um, I met this brother a while back. And um, I got to give this brother credit because the things he's doing, you know what I mean. I'm 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 truly proud of him, even though he's younger than me. But that don't mean nothing to me because age don't matter. So let's give a round a big round of applause for the God himself, Chris James. What's going on, God? What up? What up? What up? What's going? Yo. What's going on, yo? Please tell the people a little about yourself. Tell them how you you the ROM spirit of poet.
1: Like you do, you do it all.
0: You do it all. Oh, tell man. them
1: about a little bit about yourself, brother. Yeah. Uh, so, man, Chris James uh, from Little Rock, Arkansas, currently based here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm a TED Talk speaker. I'm a award-winning playwright, spoken word artist, author, educator. Um, and the most uh, current role or hat that I'm wearing is I am a full-time screenwriter now. Uh, so for the last uh, two years, I've been uh, doing some, writing some amazing films. Uh, I'm currently writing um, with a... Uh, production company here in Atlanta uh, by the name of Smoot Films, a black-owned uh, film production company, shooting some major uh, projects. Uh, and, yeah, man, that's, that's who I am. That's what I'm on. Uh, I'm a father, uh, you know, a son, all that good stuff. So I'm, I'm out here, you know, uh, doing the work uh, not to only entertain but uh, to impact black people. Uh, and I'm very intentional about that.
0: Sure, shake. But I ask you this, God. You know what I mean? Before we start off, how can a brother get down with the writing? Because you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty good with the pen as well. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty. You know, you know, I'm an author just like you. You know? Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to
1: join the team. Oh, oh, hey. Well, it just depends on what and uh, what capacity you' trying to join the team. You know, I don't know what kind of writer are you. You know,
0: man, I can write anything. I can write for the babies. I can write for. Uh, Uh, Grown folks, you know, as a full-time, as a full-time published author, I think, you know, I could kind of brag about myself a little bit. You know, I think, I think I got the chops for it.
1: Okay. I think I got the chops for it. Well, I tell people all the time, man, there's a, uh, there's an art to screenwriting and even stage writing. Uh, You know, uh, I think once you learn the mechanics of it, then, yeah, you can do it. But I advise nobody, no writer, (laughs) to just jump into the screenwriting process because there's literally an art to it. Facts, um, facts. You know, facts. Um, you know so, so, yeah, so I think, man, if you, were, if you were open to learning a little bit more about the mechanics of film writing, you know, definitely, man, we can talk.
0: Um, oh, I'm, I'm definitely down with that because I've already started. I started a while back um, where I did my scripts, but my scripts wasn't strong enough. So I'm continuing
1: working on it. You know, I've used um, programs like Final Draft yeah, to, yeah. to sharpen my, my tools. Yeah, but it's not just about having the programs and the tools. You got to have the information to understand the structure. You know, so the thing about film writing, you know, there are several different steps to it. You know, um, so, so step one, you come up with an idea. Like, Hey, I want to write a, a movie about a, a little girl who makes it out of the hood, right? Bam. Okay. So that's the idea, right? And now you come up with the genre. What's the genre of the film? All right, It's going to be a drama. Oh, no, it's going to be a comedy. Right. All right. Bam. So now you know the genre, and then you come up, come up with a log line. A log line is 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 you. It's a one sentence line that says th- the film is this: a black girl growing up in Atlanta, Georgia, makes it out of the hood by becoming the best chess player in all of the, all of Georgia. That's the log line, right? Okay. Bam. Then you come up with the title. The title is your uh, contract with the audience, right? Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. All right, so that's the contract with the audience. The audience see, they see them like, okay, I guess there's gonna be several varieties of something. Something's about to happen. I don't know. All right, that's the contract with the audience. Or, or, uh, or what was Spike Lee's movie? Uh, she's gotta have it. Have it, yeah. yeah. She's gotta have what? So that's the contract with the audience. So you come up with all these things before you even begin writing the script, right? And then when you fit, then when you fit basic things down. Now you write your outline, right? The outline of the story right uh and the outline is very very specific you got to choose what outline you go use um and then you get to your treatment and now you got your treatment which is basically a, a two to three page short story of the actual story of your script and then you go to your final draft to begin type t- uh typing it up so you got to do all that before and it ain't a lot to be honest but that helps you to write an organized script that makes sense on screen and it makes sense when it's being read aloud. It it allows your story to flow in a way that it makes sense. Uh, So, yeah, so, you know, it's structured because a lot, and and that's the reason a lot of writers who haven't did a lot of deep studying of screenwriting, uh, they either get stuck or they stop or they fail or that film isn't successful or nobody's trying to buy it, so on and so forth, because they don't really understand the structure in which, you know, the audience is looking at. Because if you look at, if you look at five films, right? If you look at five drummer films, you will notice the structures are all the same. That is true. Okay. So you know, so a script is written a page per minute, right? So if you got a, a ninety-page script, it's probably going to be a ninety. It's, it's usually a ninety-minute film on TV, literally. So if you look at page fifty-five. At, 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 let's say uh, minute 55, 55 to minute 60 on three drummer, fi- drummer films is going to be the same type of thing that's happening in each of those films, right? Because those films, obviously, if they made it to the big screen, they followed a, a certain structure um, that's got them there. And that's what film running is about. So you really got to follow that structure. You can have fun with it and do your own thing and certain things but a lot of the things are very particular. Now that's beautiful, I'm glad,
0: I'm glad you, you, you shared all this with us, you know what I mean? Because there's certain things that listeners need to know. But I ask you this, King, talk about where it all began for you, being the creator that you are. Where did it begin for you?
1: Uh, man, uh, for me, man, it, it began, you know, <laughs> in seventh grade when I was writing poetry. Uh, because my big, because I found out my big brother was, uh, and then man, uh, my seventh grade teacher, science teacher Miss Paula Murphy, uh, she read my poetry and she was like, "Yo, this is good," and uh, and from there, man, it, you know, it kind of made me. I fell in love with writing, and, I, and I've been, you know, spending the rest, spending my entire life since then, seeing how I could spend my entire life writing, and that's what I've done, uh, you know. Yeah, man. So, you know, in 20, in 20, uh, freshman year of college, 2008, and nine, um, you know, I, I performed at a poetry open mic in the city in my city back at home. Uh, I went on tour with another poet. I was like, Oh man, we can go on tour for poetry. Oh, you can make money for poetry. Oh shoot. Uh, and poetry became that my love. And, and uh, and then in 2013, I realized, man, I didn't just want to be a poet on the stage doing a three minute poem or, or a 30-minute set of poetry, I wanted to, um, to write in a way and provide performance in a way that was um, that could live a little longer. Um, so I began writing choreo poems, stage plays. And, uh, and again, that was inspired by Ntozagi Shungan, uh, who wrote the play For Colored Girls, uh, which was a series of 21 poems. Uh, so when I saw her doing that, I was like, oh, shoot, I can turn my- these poems that I've been doing at open mics into a full stage production. Um, which is what I did. And that's why I moved to Atlanta, you know, in 2017. That I was like, Man, you know what? Tyler Perry blew up off of this. I'm gonna do it too. Uh yes. and I came here and I and that's what I was doing. I had a I had a, quite a few sold out shows and you definitely did. I yeah. must agree. You definitely did. Yeah, and you hosted a couple of them. I appreciate you. Um, now I
0: appreciate you. You gave me the opportunity, you know. To,
1: oh yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, uh yeah, we we had a good time. Um, and then I, you know, then again I, I realized that I can take it a step a step further uh as a writer. Um, uh, because that's my ultimate goal, man. I, I wanna I wanna transform the world in the way that I can, you know, contribute my impact as a writer. So I realized, oh man, I can write a movie and make a little bit more impact, right? Uh because I can I can sell out a stage player in Atlanta or I can write an amazing film that reaches people across the globe. Um, so that's what I've been working on for the last two and a half years, man, and, uh, and, and we made some traction so far. So so that's, yeah, so that's the journey in short.
0: Yeah, I got to say this, King. Um, your pen game is mean. <laughs> yeah, 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 your pen game is mean. So, like, I, 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 I have a phrase that I like to go, and it's in my new book, too, that's coming out. I go by um, the phrases, I aspire to inspire others through the power of my words. So when you hear a phrase like that what does that mean to you? Say that one more time for me. I aspire to inspire
1: others through the power of my words. Uh I aspire to inspire others through the power of my words. I mean I think it's as simple as it said, you know, uh you know, uh if I'm you, your focus is to do something with with a, with a purpose and an intention. You know, um yeah, I don't I don't think it's any deeper than that, man. I, you know, I think that's just the way we need to exist in life. Period. When you show up, you show up with a purpose and, a, and an intention, right? Um, so when I hear that, when I hear that quote, I hear that I'm coming to to do something that is positive, and it's, and and to do something that I mean. You know, and, I, and I'm big on that. Like, if you do something, mean what you do, and do what you mean. I sure, uh, yeah.
0: I share, I sure. I sure. So with with your journey, like. What built that love for poetry within you? Like was it was it a family member, a friend, or was it the books you read that built that poetry, that love for
1: poetry? Oh, uh, man, um it was really it was the first thing that made me feel special, if I'm being honest. Um like <laughs> I really felt special when I when I wrote, you know, again it started with that little I all to take a little bit of encouragement, you know, like imagine a little kid who, you know, again, at fifth grade, you know, a kid, a kid, you know, five years old, one year old, a teenager, right, 12, 13, the brain is still developing for that child, right? Yes. So when you do think, encourage a little kid when they're doing something like doing a flip, you know, you're like, man, you can be an amazing gymnastics play, uh, uh, athlete. I can't. You know, like children are very impressionable, right? They're still able to mold molded, right? So for me, in the set again, seventh grade with Miss Murphy, made she made, I was a little kid in the hood, being raised by my moms, and you know, I didn't realize I was poor until I realized I was poor. You know, uh <laughs> that but, yeah, all of us, <laughs> man. Like, but Miss Murphy, I, I just remember her making me feel special. Like I, I be writing my poetry in science class, and she'll catch me writing while I'm supposed to be working, and instead of making me stop, she'll be like, all right, you, you keep writing that, but afterwards you better make sure you finish your work today sometime. And She'll make, let me come do it, do it during lunch. Uh, and then she'll pull me out of the class and make me go read to the other teachers, miss, to Ms. Woods, to Ms. Halley, to Ms. Barton. I remember all these teachers because this was a, a very uh, transformative year for me, seventh grade, and, uh, and then fast forward freshman year in college. I read a poem called The Cagebird Bird Sings. It's a poem I wrote about my brothers. Um, I became a father when I was 16. Both of my brothers went to prison that same year for 25 and 40 years. Yikes. Uh, years after, I wrote a poem uh, called Cage Bird. Uh, and I remember sharing that poem at my college campus. And I remember looking out to the audience and every single person was crying tears. And I was crying too. But that's when I realized how... Um, how powerful my words were as a writer, and um and I decided I wanted to spend the rest of my life moving people in that way. Rather it was writing a poem, rather it was writing a movie, rather it was writing a book about whatever. Um, and yeah, and that's so, so that's what I do, man, and, uh, and so that's what I found that's, so that's where I found the love uh, for writing, man, like you know, seeing how it moved people. but again, back to the roots of it, I felt special doing it. So now, when I write a movie, like I did a movie premiere, made in Atlanta, and we sold it out too. It was big, uh, but just seeing people respond to my work and then come to me afterwards and to tell me, "Hey, your work made me feel this." That's what that's what the love is for.
0: Man, brother, I must say, you know what what captivated me and let me know your pain game was me was um, a poem you wrote with the queen. Um, a good friend of yours, way back when, and y'all was going back and forth, and y'all was talking about the brothers in the prison system, and that hit me like a ton of bricks, and I, felt forever fell in love with that poem due to the fact that, because I was once incarcerated, and what's so ironic, I discovered, I discovered my writing, the passion to write while incarcerated. I remember um, the very first book I wrote was "Diamond in the Rough: Trials and Tribulations of the Southern Bell," and. Um, I wrote that, I was, in a, I, was in a, I was in a place of hurt. And um, I remember it so, so vividly, because my daughter, my daughter came with my mom to come visit me. And from that day on, like seeing her bang on the glass saying, daddy, daddy. I remember that night, I went into my cell and I wrote the very first chapter of that very first book. Mm. And, and I had a gentleman who was a, a, um, an older gentleman who was a cellie um, on, the, on the block. Um, and then he would read every chapter I wrote. So if there was a night I didn't write a chapter, I owed him two chapters. Mm -hmm. So he kept me pushing. Um, not only that, I ended up writing three more books. I wrote two, two movie scripts while I was in in there serving my time. And, um, ever since then, I've been, I've been holding on to, um, to that passion of writing. So, you know, just to dovetail, man, I, I must agree, man. I think writing is very therapeutic. A, a, a very therapeutic um, form of creativity. So with so many young up-and-comers in the writing industry coming up, whether they're authors, whether they're poets, whether they're, you know, they're screenplay, screenplay writers, or they um film, film writers, how do you see this genre or this realm looking for the melanin folks? Because I see there's a bigger ascension in this realm how how great do you see we can go
1: um i, I man as far as we want to i think uh, so, so- right now again i'm writing um i have an opportunity to write with you know uh smoot films uh a production company that's black owned you know um uh, black writers black producers black investors um and you know and we're having conversations and you know uh with a lot of filmmakers I'm working with. About not uh, necessarily fighting for opportunity to have a seat at their table, but creating our own, right? Uh, You know, because now in the film industry, you don't have to just do it the way that it's always been done, right? Um, You can invest your own $50,000 into producing a film and very well make a quarter of a million off of it through streaming services, through selling, selling it out to Trump, through, um, through selling you know um, private links of, of the film or downloads uh, through your own website. So there are so many other routes that we can take. And I think that's where we're going uh, is now that we're, we're taking our power back as, as creatives uh, and we're just a lot more aware of the possibilities uh, overall. And uh, so I think that's where we're going, like it's, and, and that's where I'm going. You know, I'm not, you know, uh, you know, yeah, I would, I would love to get a multi-million dollar Netflix deal, uh, but, you know, but I'm also not chasing after the traditional uh, way. Uh, I, I'm reading a book now called Real Real to Deal, and it said Hollywood isn't a movie making industry; uh, it's a movie marketing industry. And, and 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 so I ask myself: Do I necessarily want to be a part of that? Do I only want to write films or produce projects that are just marketable? Do I want to create projects that are uh, impactful? You know, and and I'm a firm believer: if you focus on the impact, the income will come. But okay. I have to go my own way and not about not about it their way. And I'm, um, you know, and I'm I'm happy to be able to work with filmmakers and and to, you know you know uh, and to have you know, uh, now to have relationships with investors who like what I am producing just because it's dope.
0: You, 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 you definitely put in the work and me watching from afar. I'm, I'm truly grateful to, to have known you and make your acquaintance and know that I can call you a brother in a sense. And with the trajectory of everything that you got going on, you you know, you're, you're a father, you know, you're a business owner. Like you said, you're a brother. Mother, how rewarding is it for you when you create these projects and people are 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 touched by it
1: and they feel like it inspires them to their greatness? How rewarding is that for you? Oh, man, it just makes me want to do it more. People see me all the time and like, man, I like what you're doing. You know, good job and all this, right? Uh, I've been a full-time writer since 2013. Like, I've done nothing else but write. I make my living doing this. I take care of all five of my kids doing it. Um, you know, about my mama house out doing it, you know, uh, um, all that, man, all off of writing and, and, and people often see me and they, again, they compliment me about what I do and I tell them I ain't got a choice but to do it. Right. And, 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 and that goes back to, you know, um, to your question, you know, um, it's, it's, that's the type of rewarding it is for me. Because it reminds me that I have to do this. It's an obligation. You know, like a superhero. You know, like like uh Batman and Spider-Man can't not do what they do. Right? Fact. Because they have to. You know, it's a part of them. Um, And that's what it is for me, man. It's rewarding to know that I'm making the impact, you know, that I'm making. Um, Yeah.
0: That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Would you say any of your children have picked up that writing bug like you have?
1: <laughs> nah, man. Kids <It laughs> suck.
0: <laughs>
1: nah. they definitely have not.
0: Yeah. Hey man, my son, he I I won't say he's a writer per se, but he's a rapper, so if that falls in under the line of writer, you know. You know, I'll take
1: that. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I'd be happy if my any of my children do anything creative. You know, uh, you know, but yeah, nah. You know, they're in fourth and fifth grade and uh my older son is in ninth grade now. He he playing football. But uh yeah, man, kids are different, man. And and they come into they come into whatever they come into when they come into it. But right now, you know, they're very not on that.
0: Yeah, they're not on that type of time. I can
1: understand. I can yes.
0: understand. Because I picked up writing very late. You know, I didn't I didn't pick up writing until I was twenty eight. Yeah. You know, so you know, there to me there's enough time. You know, yeah, yeah. definitely. There's enough time, and like knowing that literature is a lost art, how can we bring literature back up, especially primarily in our melanin community? And the reason why I ask you that because I'm also I'm I have a children's series, right? It's called Kwame's Great Adventures, and um, my thing is more times than not, our babies don't read like we used to. So, and nowadays grownups like ourselves, they don't be like we used to. So how can we bring literature back
1: up to the forefront? It's primarily in our community. Um, well, first off, you have to, you know, um, you just gotta get, get young people excited about it, you know? Um, so, I, so I make a, a, a big portion of my living as a teaching artist. Um, so I get to go into schools across the country and teach creative writing, poetry, uh theater and even and even hip-hop in the classrooms um and and what my goal is to get young people excited about writing um and also making that that connection to to literacy overall you know reading you know writing all that performing it reciting it um so i think we we have to just keep implementing creative ways to excite students to read you know and to write um you know, and, they, and, to, and to remind them to show them that writing is a superpower. Everything starts with writing, every single thing. Every right. mo- if we can show them in a simple form that every movie, every cartoon, every show that they watch starts with writing. The house you live in starts out with writing. The, you know, the <laughs> everything starts out with writing. And I think if we break it down to students in that way, I think we'll have a better chance of getting them more excited about it. Um, you know, and and also like that's another thing. The more books you read, the more powerful you are. I say. Right? I mean, because reading, reading and writing is a superpower, right? So I I ask I, I I ask students all the time, who's more powerful? The kid who reads one book or the kid who who's read a thousand books? it's obviously going to be the kid who who's written a reading read read a thousand books because he knows more he has access to more knowledge exactly you know so yeah so definitely man so i think we just need to break it down to young people in that way um and, and we'll get them more excited about it
0: well you know i'm proud to say as a father um my daughter's a published author and um um she's 14 right now and um Vividly, it was one day she was bored and she was saying, Dad, I don't know what to do. I said, go write a book. She went and wrote the book and she did the illustration. And yeah, it, it took me three years later to get it published. But now she can actually say she's a published author. And like when I go to these events and I'm doing, I'm vending and they purchase her book is it's such a heartwarming feeling for me. Not for the fact that she's an author like I am. is the fact that she just created something for herself for the future yeah and she don't know that she don't realize it. you know she don't realize it. I tell her that count- countless times, but in her it hasn't really dawned on her, it hasn't really sinked in, but I guess as she get older, she will start to realize what she did is gonna set her for life, yeah, you know it's gonna set her for life so i I love the fact that we can we can speak life into our babies you know, so they could be greater than us because I feel like we're the generational curse breakers,
1: yeah, yeah, we have to be.
0: You know we have to be, and it's up to us to take that stand to make sure our babies are straight. Yeah, you know, to make our babies are straight. So with, with with all that being said, I know you got a new stage play on, on the horizon. I know you got some great work on the horizon that people can check out because I know you're constantly working. You know, um, every you know every so often I always send you some positivity, some love. You know, I'll send I'll shoot you a text. You know, because I know you're constantly working. What do you got currently working on that you can share with the people?
1: Uh, so, well, currently I'm, 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 I've kind of taken a step back from, uh, well, from producing my own stage plays. Okay. Uh, but, I, uh, but as far as theater, I am working with uh, the Delta Cultural Center in, uh, in West Helena, Arkansas, uh, and if, uh, and we're doing a stage play uh, about the Elaine Massacre. Um, and if you're not familiar with the Elaine massacre, it was one of the bloodiest race riots that ever happened in America. And, um, uh, and not many people have talked about it, you know, like in a major way. You know? Um, so I, I, this summer, I actually did a three week program w- with those students, um, at the Delta cultural center and we produced the stage play. Uh, and here in the next couple of weeks, I'll be back in Arkansas doing some work with them to, to make that play better. Uh, so it can it can tour in February. Um, I'm also writing a stage, a one woman stage play for a young lady that I was commissioned to write. Uh, it's called uh, F.U.C.K. Pink. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and, it's, and, and it, it's about her battle with cancer and how she overcame it, and, and just her anger with it, uh, but how she overcame all that. Uh, so that's gonna be a dope one woman play that I'm writing, uh, and I, and I may be working with the new Black Walkie Market uh, in Stonecrest, Georgia. Oh uh, yeah, I heard of
0: those brothers and
1: sisters. Yeah, yeah. So I was asked recently to uh, to create and make happen a children's theater department uh, with their new venue. Uh, so I'm actually uh, communicating with quite a few writers and directors um, to make that project happen. Uh, in the in the beginning of 2022. Um uh, man, when you asked me that question, I was like, I ain't doing no stage, but no theater stuff. And now I'm thinking I'm actually doing a lot. But um uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <so>, uh, <laughs> I need to write this stuff down. Uh but yeah, so so as far as theater, that, that's what I'm doing. Uh I actually had a meeting yesterday with a young lady, and I'm looking to invest in her stage play, um uh Deep Greenwood, which tells the story of Black Wall Street. It's an amazing stage play by Mia Walters. Um, I've seen that play five times. Um, so I'm working, uh, communicating with her to make, to, to produce that play with her. Um, and then other than that, man, again, I'm, but personally I'm more focused on film. Uh, you know, so I, am actually, um, working on two of my films right now, uh, a film called red lines, uh, and a film called stuck in 1919, um, which are, uh, both entertaining offers, uh, with investors and producers, uh, And I look forward to you know announcing what those things look like sooner than later. Uh, But yeah, man, that's that's what's happening.
0: Now that's dope. Like to hear everything that you got going on, man. I think I think that's that's fire, brother. You know what I mean? And I I commend you on everything that you're working on and infinite grace as you keep on pushing further. Oh yeah, appreciate you. Oh come on, brother. You know what I mean? I'm here. We we all we got. Amen. We, We all we got. So knowing from your humble beginnings, leaving um, Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas, and you know, that's, that town is crazy. You know, yeah. I've been there, I've been there a few times. You yeah. surviving Little Rock, Arkansas for you to be the man that you are now.
1: How, par- how proud are you of your trajectory from then to now? Oh, man. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know how to measure my level of proud, but <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm proud though, man. I'm happy. You know, I, I, you know, I'm happy, man. You know, and, uh, it, you know, I tell people all the time it's it's kind of weird looking back what I come from, you know, uh, from, yeah, it's just weird, you know. So I, you know, it's weird, you know, uh, coming from, you know, coming from a place where trauma was so was so often, you know. Like I was talking to my homeboy the other day because we drove to South Carolina State to his old college to watch a football game, and we were just talking about what we've overcome, like. And that was, so we just kind of sharing our stories. I was like, "Man, so much stuff happened in my hood back in the day." I remember playing basketball at the basketball court, and this dude named uh, Terry shot this dude named Tight, and we all saw it from the basketball court. And literally minutes later, we were playing basketball again. Like nobody ran, nobody did anything. But that's how that's, that's how numb we are. That's how numb. that's That's how desensitized to trauma, you know. We were growing up, so so I say that to say that, and that's just one story. I can go, I can name a hundred, but uh, but yeah, it's just weird, actually getting away from all that, you know, and not feeling being trapped by that no more. Again, my both of my brothers got caught up in it, you know, which is why they in prison for forty years. But, um, but you know, looking back, man, it, it's just be weird that I and I'm like, damn, I, I actually survived all that. I'm I'm actually on way on the other side on top of a hill you know like oh shoot i'm safe you know Uh <laughs> was, I, I survived the horror movie <laughs> uh, you definitely did so you know so i'm real proud man you know uh you know again you know just to be able to say I, the house my mama living in i paid for out of my pocket off of off of art at that you know that's uh, so
0: dope man that you could you know that's man that's yeah. super dope
1: yeah you know so you know so Bro, I'm I'm as proud as I can be. You know, if 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 no more happens for me, you know, after today, um, I, you know, I ain't gonna say I would like that, but no, nah, it's not gonna I, happen.
0: I, I... We, we, we ain't speaking that on your life, big bro. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, not at all. That's we not, ain't speaking that on your life. We got a lot more to do, but uh, exactly. But I'm proud of what I've done so far,
0: for real, for real. Well, here's a, here's a follow up question. I ask you this what would the 10 year old Chris tell you the current Chris right now? And what would the current Chris tell the 10
1: year old Chris? Man, let everything that's happening happen. You know, simple as that, man, let everything that's happening happen. You okay. know, because eventually there's going to be fuel to the fire. That's going to be, that's going to be gasoline in, in the Mack truck, you know? Uh, so yeah, you know, uh, I, I, we had a we had the fellas mixer the other day um you know where a group of black men in my community out here uh we all meet and we just talk about like real life issues that we're dealing with and, uh and dr kurt who's the, the therapist in our session uh he said that it's important that we 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 complete the emotions right we complete and finish out the phase of the emotion or whatever we're experiencing, right? Because a lot of times, you know, we experience sadness or anger or depression or whatever, and we try to cut it off. And we try to force it to stop. When, in fact, we should be allowing the emotion or whatever we experience to finish this course, right? Uh, so I would tell, you know, I would tell 10-year-old Chris, man, to just finish it, bro. Like, don't 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 box it in. Like finish what you feeling, you know, and um, and that's not uncommon, but, but yeah, that's a real thing. Finish what you feel. I'll share. I'll share because I can say like right now I'm in a healing
0: space, and I realized over the years, all the time I've 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 held I've held on so much emotions, um, so much um, toxicity, so much um, hurt and pain. Now while I'm in my healing phase, you know, I know it's okay to shed a tear. It's oh, okay, yeah. you know, it's okay to, you know, it don't make me no less of a man. Yeah. It makes me actually a better man, knowing that I have to heal oh, from yeah, the past. Man. You know, so I'm not a representation of my past. So with that same question I asked you, what would you tell Chris, 50, 60, um, the 50, 60-year-old Chris, and what that, what would that same Chris tell you right now?
1: Uh, Well, I don't know. I, well, I, don't, I honestly I don't think I got an answer for that. I mean, cause I don't, <laughs> I mean because uh 50, 60 year old Chris can't be told nothing right now. I mean <laughs> uh, I, I, I think 50, 60 year old Chris will probably tell me something. Tell you know, uh, but I don't know what that is yet because I ain't, okay. I ain't lived it yet. So I think that's a that's a wisdom uh that's developing. Uh you know, uh it's coming.
0: Big great things is coming for you.
1: Great yeah.
0: gr- great, great things is coming for you. And what, what would you love to tell the melanin community, like, from your heart? What is a message you would like to share with them from your heart?
1: Focus on healing, you know. Um, you know, I would say, man, that every black person in America, period, uh, needs to heal, you know. Um, you need to heal, you know, and that's a real thing. You sure. know, too many of us are walking around numb to what's going on. Like, you know, even me. Like, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, here I am thinking, oh, man, my life is amazing. Oh, my God. Can't nothing touch me. You know, uh, you know, I'm doing well. I just got, I'm. I, look, look at the checks I just got. You know, blase, blase. And I remember last year, probably about a month after the George Floyd thing happened, I was going to deposit a check at Regents Bank. And I remember sitting in my car and I just started crying. And I was like, what the hell is going on with me? But I realized what it was. All that just caught up with me. I was sad. I was angry at what was going on in this place I live. That's right? Crazy. And um, you know, so so even so again, like there's a real, you know. Uh, there's a lot of numbness that's going on, and, and 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 a lot of desensitivity. Like again, like we're not allowing ourselves to feel and to finish what we're feeling, and we just say, you know what, I got this going on in life, so I'm not gonna give myself an opportunity to feel. So we, so if you don't give yourself an opportunity to feel or to or to finish feeling what you're feeling or what's going on, you won't even get to a place of recognizing that you need to even heal right Ooh. so that's what i challenge all people in our community to do is to identify that something's going on and that something's not right and to heal from it right um like i dealt with a lot of depression as a result of losing my brothers I like i'm the youngest i'm the baby right Yikes. i was 16 when they both went to prison both of them within months of each other different crimes you know whatever and I, I was, and I was driving then too. So my brother Jimbo, like he was like on the most wanted. He was on the TV and all that. Yeah. And, and and he asked me. I remember the the night before, I took him to this girl house so he can go see her or whatever last visit. And then the next morning I picked him up and I dropped him off at the county jail to turn himself in. I had to do that, right? And, and never nobody asked me how I felt about it. Like, you know, it wasn't no, you know, I was, I'm 16. Like, you know, and, but, but fast forward, man, that caused me to be, you know, really, man, in a lot of dark spaces for the, over the next decade of my life, you know? um and, but But the point is, is that people like myself, and a lot of other people of color, man, who are just, again, there are a lot of people, black people in America who are just, they're messed up mentally and emotionally just because of what the world puts on you, the media, right? Like, colorism is a real thing, man. And there are a lot of people who are suffering from colorism, right? Like, they, there are black women who hate themselves. That's true. Right? There are black men who hate themselves, true, right? True. Because of what the world puts out about them. Right, um, and 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 it's not nothing easy to explain. Like like we we saw Doc Doctor Clark, uh, uh, Doctor Clark and his wife, doc, the other Doctor Clark, conduct the doll test in the nineteen sixties, that showed black children choosing white dolls over themselves, over black <laughs> dolls, and, and attributing all these positive traits to white dolls and and negative to black dolls. Right, and that's not by accident, it's by design. It's what the world puts out. So if 90% of what you see is opposite of you in a positive light, obviously the results are going to be what they are right now. Um so yeah, man. So, you know, I, that was a long answer, but again, I just challenge people to heal. And and that's why myself as a filmmaker, you know, I want to show what I'm creating film I want to show black people in positions of healing and positions of growth and positions of power. Right. Because we see too many black films that, you know, and films with people of color who, that are showing people of color um, in, in trauma with no solution attached to it. It's like, oh, man, it's a hood movie. 30 black dudes got killed. I know uh, nobody healed, right? Like, bo- like you know, I watched Boys in the Hood the other day for research purposes because I'm because of my film red lines that I'm writing. And if if you remember watching that film, I think it came out in 1991. There was no solution. All no solution. Like, None. like this is what happens in the hood every day. We get killed. So, I, no, wanna, so- I so I don't want to create films like that. I don't want to, you know, I want to show healing and growth and positions of power. You
0: know, it's so crazy that you mentioned that, brother, is the fact that for me, um, like, Boys in the Hood was once a hood classic to me, right? Yeah. It's it's,
1: it's a classic, for
0: sure. It's a classic, but when I watch it now, I cringe. The reason why I'm cringe, because as a man that's healing, I don't want that for my brothers and sisters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't stomach seeing another brother killing another brother. I can't stomach that no longer, because that's not where I'm at in my life. You know what I mean? I'm in a much better place. So now, like you just stated, you, you, you was watching a movie for um, research purposes. But, like, for me, I watch these movies with my third eye now. You know, what's the deeper meaning in that? What was they trying to tell me in this film or in this particular scene or in this particular shoot of this film or show? Whatever it may be. So, you know, I definitely hear you on that. And, you know what I mean? Like, I can't wait to see what you got going on because I'm here for it.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm all I'm all the
1: way here for it, my brother. Man, well, I definitely appreciate your support as always, man. Um, you know, again, thank you for having me on your show, even come years on, ago. Brother. You know, when I was, uh, you know, first getting to Atlanta promoting my my stage play, Dear Black People. Uh, I wasn't the odds against; them. I was one of them. But either way, you had me on your show, man. I appreciate you for allowing me that platform years ago, and thank you for keeping up with my journey even now. So,
0: come on, brother, man. We we all we got, man. Um. If I never told you this, I love you, my brother. You know what I mean, and that don't make me no less of a man to tell you I love you. Because watching you from afar, doing what you're doing, that's inspiring. It's inspirational, and I'ma keep on pushing you any way I can. I'ma keep
1: on speaking life into you because I want to see you be great. I want you to continue to be great, man. I appreciate that, bro, and I love you back. You know, and that's we and we just keep it simple as that, man. We ain't gotta we ain't gotta say. You know that don't make me any less of a man, or I don't, pause, or uh, you know all the things that yeah. you know, yeah. that, that, that that we're taught on. Uh, you know uh, when handling our masculinity, right? Uh, you know because 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 along with that masculinity that that we that we just naturally embrace and have, right? We also have the femininity, and, and we also need to, as men, embrace that part of ourselves as well. Ashe. And that's that nurture, right? That's that, that's that saying, I love you, right? That's that femininity, and that's okay. That's that kissing and hugging our children, right? That's right. that femininity, right? That's right. that. So so we have to, so it's important that we understand the energies of both, right? Uh, so, so, yeah, man, so again, I receive that, and again, I, and I push it back out to you.
0: Most definitely. I, I receive it as well, my brother. And tell the folks where they can find you, whether on social media, via email, However, whatever forms of communication that they can reach out to you,
1: man, they can just put it, type it in anywhere. Chris James journey. I'm Chris James and I'm on a journey. That's my website. That's my Facebook. um, That's everything, man. Chris James journey. Uh, And you'll find me really easy. Uh, So, yeah, I look forward to connecting with, you know, listeners and um, yeah, let's build.
0: Man, brother, you don't know how much I appreciate you coming on my platform, man. This, it's been an honor for me, for you to come through, share your positive words, share your mind, um, share your mind with the folks, and let the people know that greater things are to come. Um, as you already know, man, once again, Chris James, my brother, love is love. Thank you for coming in on the check-in and um, speaking your truth. As you already know, this is another episode of Convos with Living Legends. This is episode 26. I'm your guide, God with many visions. Shout out to Chris James once again. Peace to the goddesses. Peace to the gods. We're out. Peace. Peace.